would just be looking at buttholes and stuff. And <laughs> it could be, but in this scope, you can look at my butthole as I give you photos with mints on it, and then you can make money off of that, which is cool. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> We're minting my butthole. <laughs> Welcome back, one and all. Thank you for listening. If you're new here, this is the Totally Wholesome, Not Dirty podcast, and I'm your host, Molly Stewart. We define wholesome a little differently here, and my guests span everywhere from the adult industry to the vanilla side of humanity. If you haven't, please consider subscribing. Word of mouth is what helps this podcast grow. So share with a friend, leave a comment, download an episode, or anything you can to help with the algorithm. I release episodes every Monday, and if you're subscribed, you'll never miss an episode. You don't want to miss out on all the crazy conversations that evolve here. Um, that's enough for me, and let's get to today's guest. Yeah, well, you do have you do have a good radio voice. Actually, a lot of people said that on the last episode that we had with you, and we had shitty microphones, so... Welcome back to the Totally Wholesome, Not Dirty Podcast. I am your host, Molly Stewart, and I have today returning guest, Daniel Trujillo. Did I say it right? Close enough. Okay, cool. We're, we're in a roll with it. So um, if you guys have not uh, seen Daniel's first episode, you were one of like my first guests like forever ago. Last year, I'm trying to think when that was. I think it was like sometime in late August or September when we, when we shot last time. Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, um, you're kind of the first person that I talked to about uh, things like cryptocurrency and VR and stuff like that. And the past few guests that I've had on, we were discussing before we started rolling, have actually been talking more openly and not even me bringing it up, um, just about things like the metaverse and VR and crypto and all that stuff. So I think uh, it's themes. It seems to me that things have progressed in the cryptoverse. Would you like to discuss this? Um, yeah, I, I would even just begin with saying, like, even since we started talking about it before, like, NFTs were, like, a really big thing at the time. Yeah. However, like, Facebook had not turned into meta, and they had not announced, like, the metaverse thing, mm -hmm. which I believe I mentioned in the episode, but it was sort of, like, a little more nebulous and not, like, yeah, as yeah. well-defined and stuff, sure. because there's, you know, I got... The book Snow Crash and all this other stuff about like sci-fi books about VR and I know I definitely talked about Philip K. Dick. Oh yeah, we side. definitely talked about Philip K. Dick. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's been weird seeing how it went from like a term and like just set of ideas that some people that were like working in the field had a lot, you know, well-defined ideas. Mm -hmm. But basically, everyone was like, "Yeah, that's insane. Why the hell would anyone want to do that?" And now it's just like huge and, and now it's like well obviously i need a home in the metaverse or whatever yeah <laughs> how, how do you feel about about the, the metaverse itself because i know that you're super into the vr and stuff do you have plans to like buy anything in that type of landscape like where do you kind of see like that trail going i suppose so um hang on let me think of where to start with that so there's a i'm working on a couple projects right now that will be launching pretty soon like in the next couple months that run in the web so it's like kind of like a video game you know crypto voxel-y type thing except it doesn't look as janky because crypto voxels is like cubes and shit oh, okay. it's like a it's you know a, a, a world within the metaverse which also there's a that terminology can just yeah. get really wishy-washy yeah it, really it's, quickly it's, it's 
it's like there's it's a cool idea like in concept but then when you look into and start diving into how much goes into it and how many layers there are it's like so overwhelming because it's like an entirely new world that you basically have to then relearn as an adult which i guess for us you know kids are probably like oh this is so cool and i understand all of this but for me i'm just like oh it's so overwhelming (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so there's like I guess I'll explain that the the main concept behind the idea first, and then get into actually answering your question about yeah for sure planning on buying stuff because yeah. I already own like NFTs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the basic idea when I I don't even like saying the word metaverse anymore because it's just so so common. So when Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, the basic idea, there, there's two two major premises to it. It's essentially, like, the next iteration of the internet. And when everyone's like, oh, uh, you know, Roblox is a metaverse and f***ing Fortnite is a metaverse. Like, that is not, uh, like, by the actual definition that has been in place for, like, 30 years since the book Snow Crash came out. That is not actually correct. You're just playing an online like mm-hmm. virtual thing an like, online virtual world yeah yeah um so the idea is that like you'll have like interconnected interoperable worlds that also you know the nft stuff is secondary but like interoperable virtual worlds that you can like move in and out of just like you would navigate websites and stuff like that except it's all 3d and for some reason people want to do like e-commerce and stuff there which seems silly it's like no, that building something... bu- building a physical virtual world so something like that might okay so here's where i can think of something that might be interesting so for me for instance being tall but also kind of small is like when i buy clothes online unless i've bought it from there before wouldn't necessarily know now if i had like a replica digital representation of myself and my measurements and what my body looked like technically then could i like go into that metaverse store try on things buy them from there and have it like sent to me because i'm like well now i know it fits because i tried it on or something like that yeah and that's definitely like a possibility and there's there's things that already sort of exist in that regard but they're more so like in the augmented reality side of it which i was I'm about to get to. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just jumping around. No, no. And, and, and then we can expand on that yeah, idea. Because sure. like, right now, all the avatars in most things, it's just like really goofy, low poly, uh, you know, looks like some video game stuff, yeah. like from Lawnmower Man or something. <laughs> and uh, so one of the projects I'm working on, it revolves around um, us making a couple of these interoperable worlds Mm -hmm. like that you'll access through a website you can access them through like with an oculus or a a meta quest now and or uh with any like ar headsets like a hololens or a magic leap and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and the the avatars that we're making are a lot more high res and you know less cartoony looking Mm -hmm. however they're not like like one-to-one representation no of no of course point, it's like cause... limitations i just kind of was looking at the expansion of where it could go i guess and yeah. i was thinking I yeah know, just focus on what we're f- talking about right now and there <laughs> I, I mean that's, that's the point of this we just, we just f- roll, this is my roll, add roll right i'm like everywhere <laughs> um so then like the one-to-one representations like you know because i think last time we talked about volumetric capture and photogrammetry and all that stuff that mm-hmm. that stuff's mostly here but not in the not quite there like the way we would want it to be Mm -hmm. but um once you get uh into like the realm of augmented reality and stuff like that you can like scan 
scan your body and like using the lidar on your phone and stuff it like takes measurements and all that so then you can have like virtual try on stuff although you wouldn't at this at this point where technology is right now uh you wouldn't be like a virtual avatar of yourself yeah going. yeah for but sure. like you could kind of like, like through snap like on. snapchat you yeah. know you could you could like do try-ons in there and yeah stuff. for sure well, i think that's cool like even even just like you know well it's like oh it's not there yet but the fun thing is that it's progressing so quickly even since like we last spoke i feel like this whole uh cryptocurrency um online virtual world type stuff has grown in even just in like being something that's talked about in like a household name type thing more so than it was before and when you look at how fast technology has progressed, even since we were kids, it's like I'm, you're ish to my age, but it's like dial up. And so it's and I know that I've made that comparison before, but when you can have that much progression over like a 30 year time and the progressions come quicker and quicker as time progresses and as technology progresses, I think there's like something really cool potentially to be made from all of this. But it's kind of hard to see while it's still in the planning stages for a lot of people, yeah. I feel like. And while you maybe say something, I just realized I didn't plug in this camera oh. and it will die. <laughs> Uh-oh. Keep going. But yeah, so, so and that's things like uh, like the technology to make this stuff already exists. It's mm -hmm. just no one has done it in, you know, in, in the form that we just described. And there's like a lot of experimental, it's still going, um, a lot of experimental stuff that is like just around the corner so i'm sure by next time we have this conversation <laughs> it'll be here or something yeah um for sure. so you know trailing back to do i plan on buying any stuff or like virtual real estate one no because i'm making it yeah so you know just make ma your own maybe one day just build, I'll, build your own virtual yeah. house <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe maybe one day i will if the if the prospect is tempting enough but yeah and then another another project I've worked I'm, that is supposed to be releasing, I think May fourth, mm -hmm. and that May the fourth be with you. That's exactly why, because it's <laughs> a thing called Crypto Sabers. Although we have no affiliation with Star Wars, don't come after <laughs> you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so it's basically like a, a bunch of three D generated uh, lightsaber or crypto sabers that uh, your avatar that will run in one of these virtual mm. worlds based on. Either the XR Foundation XR engine or uh, oh, it's a Webiverse. So they're both like browser-based things. So you can do it on your phone, your computer, or whatever. But then you have like a lightsaber that can uh, generate music. And then if you meet someone else with another one that's like rare enough and stuff, you can generate new music. Oh, that's cool. And there's a whole bunch of crazy like AI stuff being built into the engine right now that like... Um, so, you know, like most NPCs and stories mm -hmm. in like video games, it's like a pre-written story and like you can just sort of navigate like a choose your own adventure. These uh, worlds that we're building, they uh, they have like NPCs that are constantly running in the background that are based on AI using GPT-3 and GPT-J, which are like gigantic language models and you can like fine tune it to, uh, you know, generate philip k dick books or poetry or mm -hmm. whatever so you can so make... the npcs become a lot less limited yeah and like... and yeah so and then the story itself 
story builds itself in the background, whether or not there's people interacting with them. So, like, based on any, like, any different person could have a totally different experience, basically, because the AI kind of is is building on on different things, different parameters for different people, essentially. Or... Um, not 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 based on people but more so like they can even interact with each other so like the story just gets built through like generative uh means so that's cool cool it's like, like a self-writing like a never story. ending what are those the uh is it the goosebumps is that the oh yeah you you? <laughs> like a never ending like <laughs> that's cool i remember reading those all the time when i was a kid oh man it's yeah the the scope of all of this online stuff is so insane to me and it's funny because like a majority of my career has obviously been spent on the internet um and that's why it's funny to even and i don't even know necessarily funny but so interesting to see it now um just how much has progressed and how many more people not even in the industry that i am are basically looking to things like crypto or looking to uh more online space i guess to sell whatever it is that they're selling, whether it's like a service. I mean, you can go hire freelance people, you know, off of Fiverr. Like I've, I've done that for this podcast, like <laughs> this little screen right here, Fiverr. Like, and, and it's so interesting. It's cool to see that people are, I guess, able to kind of like take some of the creativity more into their own hands and uh, try to find work and, you know, create income for themselves outside of just the scope of working for someone. And I think something that's cool about um, the online digital space and things like meta and why those things probably will and have gained popularity is, I mean, you're also coming off of the the two-year pandemic where it's like everyone was stuck at home. And I think, you know, just based on the amount of people that there are in the world and how unprepared we were for a pandemic of this magnitude, which was only like, what, like a 1% death rate. And then you look yeah. at something mm -hmm. and, and you look at all the different information that's available for like the uh, what is like the code sequencing for um, things like um, diseases or pandemics, like what is it, the H1N1, how it was like a 60% mortality rate. And if that was manipulated in ways that it was, like I was talking to my man actually about how they were testing it on ferrets and stuff like that. And so they ended up making it more transmissible, more deadly. And it's like, what if that had gotten out? And you're looking at a 60% mortality rate that's transmissible as much as COVID was. And with just the sheer amount of people that are everywhere, it's like something like that is likely to happen again and potentially even in our lifetime, I think. And the fact that even like people just wouldn't take it seriously and yeah like, and, well, that's the like, thing, no, it's like, well only 60 percent it was 60 percent <laughs> but but yeah i mean and that's one of the things too is like you can't it, it's it, it's what it comes down to is you can't control anyone else you can only control yourself and so kind of i think it's one of those things when you're stuck at home and it's it's becoming more and more attractive to stay at home and to create a space that you really you don't have to venture out as much as you used to. And it's like when you do venture out can be for things that are, that are more rewarding and, you know, like a hiking or something like that, just like seeing the world, but you don't, I mean, you can order groceries from home. You can do anything off of Amazon. Like well, except for me, cause I don't have Amazon, but you know, for a majority of stuff, you don't need to leave your home. And, you know, I think that people, you know, kind of want that ability to just create a space that they feel comfortable regardless because it's like oh well, yeah i can go out but i don't need to and it's kind of that nice little fallback to have if you had a situation like this happen again which we probably will <laughs> yeah or it's just gonna be a never-ending situation that we'll just eventually get sick of <laughs> like this we're like whatever just let me die just let me die <laughs> just let me die <laughs> um 
Yeah. But then, and, and then like, you know, the whole meta thing ties in the way they can be tied back to that is like, if you want to venture out or like proverbially venture out and want to hang out with your friend in Australia and your other friend in New York or whatever, then like, you know, you can still do that and like have, have dance parties in the virtual world. Yeah, and, and... create a storyline with your lightsabers and stuff. Yeah. Not trademarked. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's really cool. Um, so as far as, as far as NFTs, I know that you helped create one, um, for an artist who did like a painting of me. I think I lost touch with that. I don't even know how it started going, but now that I've had a lot of other people coming up and, and bringing up things like NFTs, what, what, how do you feel about them? Like, especially because like, like what about something like, for instance, this, the ugly fucking monkey things. What makes those so fucking valuable? <laughs> like, I can't see spending the money you'd spend on a fucking house to buy the ugliest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a great description of them. Um, what, I mean, perceived value is all it is it, for most yeah. people. It's like, you know, wanting to be part of a club, which the club is even in the name. The, I don't know. The Board Apes we, Club or something yeah, like Bordeaux that? Yeah, Yacht Club. Yeah. Um, I was just—I was like, wait, can we say that? Yeah, we can talk about. Yeah, we can we talk about it. <laughs> we're not saying we own it. We're not telling you to buy it. Don't buy it. Actually, I, I would recommend against yeah, it because not oof, financial I'm advice. <laughs> not, financial, <laughs> not financial advisors. Poor. I, I do that and this. Yeah. Like, and um, so so there's like perceived value just because you like want to be part of the club. You know, mm -hmm. the proverbial club of like owning something rare. And then there's like you can get into like I don't know concerts or like some other stuff because. Like, if you can prove that you own this thing, you can have access to, like, VIP lounge at Spearmint Rhino or something. I don't know. Mm, better uh, better uh, quality strippers for you, I guess, if you get the right NFTs. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that one, I don't think there's any connection between the two <laughs> things. I was just making it up. No, I know. But can you imagine? Like, oh, we're going to bring out our top tier strippers for you, <laughs> sir, because you are part of this ugly monkey club. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> So the so there's like the twofold thing like which everyone refers to that as like utility of the NFT so it's like there's some other added value to it mm -hmm. and then there's also like the utility the actual utility in terms of like it being able to be used in the you know the the so-called metaverse or the nexus or whatever because there's a whole bunch of feuding fight over what it should be called at this point because yeah. uh, the name was co-opted by facebook so everyone's just like nope don't. yeah don't do it <laughs> we're not saying that anymore <laughs> so oh man i don't know i um i was talking with uh kira noir about, about nfts a bit and i was like you know it's one of those things like what what can i what could i provide or what could i bring to the table that's like non-fungible like this is this is something that's a one-off and i was thinking and tell me your thoughts on this. Just creating a series of minted butthole po like pictures. You know, different mints. You can get a breath mint just on the butthole. A sprig of mint like coming out a little bit. Just like a little, all the different freshly minted buttholes, and it's just like a butthole collection. That is uh, like e even when you just said the, the minted butthole thing, I was like, oh okay, you know that that makes sense. And you want to help me make some like, minted buttholes? Actual mints. So <laughs> yeah. Now we're like, yeah. now we're talking. That's fun, right? <laughs> You gotta help me get on that. I'm telling no. you. Um, and and in you know, say with the the NFT that we had uh, worked on, we 
didn't quite know what we were doing when we started other than like how to make something into an nft so i feel like yeah. second time around and, and we i feel could like when we started it as well there wasn't as much talk about it and there wasn't and i feel like most of the talk that was had about nfts was more on a negative point not like a oh this isn't that's interesting it's like well this is fucking stupid you know yeah. but so i think that now that there's a lot more information coming out um and hopefully people are doing, you know, more of their own research in that regard than they're like, oh, well, here's something that I can maybe find some potential in or I can at least watch it to see how this type of stuff progresses. But um, definitely, I think when we started it, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a thing. And everyone's yeah. like, it was fucking stupid. <laughs> Plus, it was like like we minted on it. So when you have auctions on OpenSea in particular, you have to mint on Ethereum when you're auctioning something off. Otherwise, you can just sell it or accept offers. And we had done Ethereum, and then it turned out like the gas fees be, or like the, yeah, uh, the, they the, were... the the gas fees were higher than the amount of money that we were going to exactly. get from it. So it was like, <laughs> oh. so we're going to have to pay to so we sell this. Figuring out a different way to do. It. Yeah, but no, they, and there's ways around it. It was just yeah, but didn't like know the until new it was starting stages. You know. Really cool. Maybe we'll try a thing, but it's all that kind of thing is like you know trial and error, just kind of like with anything. And even now, it's like I'll get. I'll get people ask, like my brother, for instance, I'm like, dude, stop asking me for crypto advice. Here's the videos I watch you watch that because I don't want to tell you what to fucking do with anything. But um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to kind of see where it all goes because as much as I know about it, it's nothing compared to like how much available information is out there. Because I'll start to, you know, you take a week off from trying to, you know, stay stay abreast of what's going on. And then you have this backlog of, it's like, oh, here's all this shit that happened in a week. Like, there's so much to even get through on that end that it can be so overwhelming. Yeah, it definitely is just, like, rapidly evolving and, mm -hmm. like... I feel like that old person that's like, what's an app? You know how much I love a clean shave, but now that you've shaved your sack... What's next? Well, get excited because Manscaped has launched a new all-in-one skin and hair care kit designed to cover you from head to toe. Skincare isn't just for women. You can upgrade more than just your shave. And that dwindling bar of soap isn't doing you any favors. Treat yourself to an enhanced grooming experience with Manscaped's new Ultra Premium Collection. Your balls thanked you for the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and now your armpits will thank you too with Manscaped's new Premium Underarm Deodorant. The Ultra Premium Collection also includes a hydrating body moisturizer to keep your skin smooth and fresh. Use it after you lather up in the shower with Manscaped's new aloe vera and sea salt infused body wash and their two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. With your skin and hair hydrated, Manscaped threw in a free gift to keep your lips soft and kissable. A three-pack set of lip balm made with ingredients like vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil. That's four products and a free gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. All products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, dye-free, and vegan-friendly. The best ingredients and zero compromise. See why 4 million men worldwide trust Manscaped to treat their balls the best. And now you can trust them with the rest. Get 20% off and free shipping when you enter my code TWND at checkout at manscaped.com. And we thank Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast. As someone who always loves new technology, one question that I have is, why can't tech be cute? But then I discovered kawaii lighting, and I realized that 
It actually can be, and it is, at kawaiilighting.com. These aren't basic ring lights. They stand out. So whether you're looking for RGB to make a statement or want to do something extra cute, like with their cat, heart, or star-shaped lights, kawaiilighting.com has you covered. Get one for yourself. Get one for the cute streamer in your life. Whoever you get one for, use code TWND at checkout or click the affiliate link in the description to let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Like, like, I don't. It's so hard. Yeah, there's even like the AI art stuff that I've been doing. It's like every day or week, there's it's just like I have to relearn. Granted, you know, you have the foundation of like the base knowledge, like like base knowledge, but like it's just constantly changing. And like, thankfully, the, the crypto world doesn't quite work that fat like it works very rapidly but like the they got to be a little bit safer about their development because you know people's money and lives yeah yeah for sure no and it's 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 funny i think that's that's one of the things is it it is super overwhelming for a lot of people because it's not the norm and it is something that's new even even if you look back at 2017 that's that's new like even that time and it's been around since a lot longer than that however it's like now is a point in time where I feel like, well, we have a crypto.com stadium in Los Angeles, like, which Dude. was crazy when I was like, what? And now you're starting to see it talked about everywhere. I was just watching um, the UFC fights and they, you know, had their crypto thing and they had their little crypto ad reads and stuff like that. I was like, damn. So, but now you're looking at how fast all that stuff is progressing. And when it's already new and being talked about, it's like, oh, here's this new thing. And then that new thing is constantly changing. Everybody who is outside the know or is just hearing about it now is probably like, well, it's just so much to keep up with and it's too crazy. It's too volatile. But, you know, when you look back at like the standards of investing in the past, you know, and, and even still currently things like the stock market, it's like that's volatile, too. And most people don't understand that. That's why they pay someone to kind of like <laughs> make their allocations for them. I mean, I do that because I don't know what I'm doing. But with crypto, you you kind of need to figure it out for yourself. You, you can't just like trust your money to somebody else to make you crypto investments i've heard so many horse horror not horror horror stories about people doing that and be like oh i can i can take you know your 20 grand and turn it into 100 grand and they're like oh i'll drink my money and then it's gone and it's gone (laughs) yeah it's not funny but it's it's funny like how many like scam ads and dms and stuff i get like that where they're like they're like, you can turn this 15000 into, you know, 100 or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, my friend definitely got their shit hacked. So I'm just yeah. don't click on the thing. <laughs> yeah, you guys it got to be so careful. I actually had one of those the other day. And I, I, I never, I'm so glad that I'm not like old enough or too old to be like, oh, we'll just <laughs> click on this. But, you know, look at the, look at where the email is being sent from. For, I beg of you, because this one it looked like a crypto.com email. Like it had the branding, it had all the things. And you look at the the email itself, they're like, oh, we need you to, you know, confirm your two factor or whatever. Just log in here. You look at the email and it's like from some weird string of numbers, like domain that's nothing to do with crypto.com. And you can just imagine the amount of people who are like, oh, I just need to fix this right here. And it's like, just look, <laughs> just look where it's coming from, please. You're going to lose your money. Yeah. And also don't don't click on weird links you get in your Instagram DMs. Yeah, no or... <laughs> one on Instagram is going to help you make money just like they can't get you verified either. So just, yeah. <laughs> you know, I always love that uh, you get the little messages. Oh. 
let me get you verified. And it's like, you have 500 followers and you're not even verified. Like, what are you going to do for me? Or 12 followers. <laughs> or 12 followers. <laughs> or you get the ones I, I've clicked on them a few times just because I'm like, who, who is this person? Right. And they're verified. They have like 100, 100 maybe 200,000 followers. And you're like, oh, it's interesting. And they're like, oh, you must have bought this account from someone because you have no interaction on your posts. This is all like, and then the people like me, for instance, or, or even say you, it's like, you can't get verified. I can't get verified. But then these random scam accounts are verified. And you're like, people are sending these people money thinking that they can, like, get their little blue check mark or whatever it is that they're trying to get out of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I tried once and it's like, one, I don't give a shit, really. But, like, one of my friends that only has, like, 60,000 followers could. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe when I can look more official or something. But, nah. You know, didn't meet their like, whatever the requirements no, were you don't exist <laughs> fuck you <laughs> and and it's funny because it seems like um the ability to verify should be fairly simple and straightforward you're uploading an id to prove that you are this or that you know you have to provide all these links to like references of who you are essentially and then at the end of the day they can still be like nah it's not you it's like well Okay, but then you're still letting all these, like, fake accounts exist. You're still letting all of these... Like, you can go look up my name on Instagram, and you'll maybe have 20 catfishes come up before you'll have my actual account come up, which has, like, over 500,000 followers, and they have, like, 20. Can <laughs> confirm. Like, what? <laughs> I'll have people sometimes try to tag me and stuff, and they get, like... The, the suggestion, which looks almost like my username, so they'll tag with, me and yeah, it's with not... like an underscore or something. <laughs> or like an extra W or whatever it is, like, and you just don't notice because they use the same photos. And it's like, so how can you let that kind of stuff to run rampant on a platform when you're apparently trying to protect people, right? Which is, which is why they say that they do the things that they do, but it's not protecting people if you're not verifying the correct people and then letting scammers basically run rampant on your site. Yeah. I don't know. That, that that could be something that's interesting, you know, with things like with things like the the digital landscape of all this metaverse or whatever it is that you want to call it, because I think that there's a potential then to also translate that to other platforms or for new platforms to exist different different and new social media platforms that maybe you know since everything is tied to who you are is a lot more easy to verify the I guess the validity of someone saying who it is that they are potentially. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Because then, you know, there's like at least the, the blockchain provability of who you are with the mm -hmm. history connected to it and, and that, stuff. And that's but... what I'm saying. Even not, not necessarily like, you know, oh, this is Molly Stewart or, you know, my real name or whatever. But even just like the the tangibility, I think, is interesting with the blockchain um, and with all of the, the different um, transaction codes and things like that. That's all you can regard all of that based on where you're sending your money you know have all these different people verifying it and it seems a lot more secure to me um than a lot of other things going on in the internet yeah potentially for <laughs> potentially. sure and it's one of those things that like still it's so new and still so many things are being done and obviously there's going to be new regulations there will be new rules and different ways of doing things but i think that's one of the interesting things with the volatility is that i think it is so volatile because there are so many people trying to make this be something that does move forward and becomes a thing. So there's going to be a lot of changes while, you know, people essentially figure out what they have to do to make something like this, you know, tangible and available to everyone in a way that people feel secure using. So I think that it's probably just a really long transition period of kind of trying to set that up and make people feel comfortable with it. Yeah. And then, yeah, there, there, there's definitely that. And then also like, 
right now we have like fuck i don't even know how many tens of thousands of different coins and stuff in existence because there's so many <laughs> me- meme coins and shit coins and like yeah. you know the the long lasting ones like bitcoin and ethereum and stuff and yeah then so it's like there's so many options out there and almost everyone's just trying to like get ri- rich quick yeah you can't and- get <laughs> getting rich quick is what it's you know it's always has been seen as like a scheme thing you know you got Oh, you know, that's old Uncle Gary. He's always trying to get rich quick. You know, he's got all these harebrained ideas. But <laughs> but it's 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 one of the true things is that I feel like to kind of create and then also establish and keep wealth, you need to do a lot of your own, I hate saying this, do your own <laughs> research. It's the most stupid thing because like for anything that you're trying to research online, you can find something to fit whatever type of narrative it is that you're looking for. If you're looking for someone to tell you that the sky is in fact green and not blue, you can find it because it's the fucking internet. <laughs> there's so much information available to anyone and it's like you know where do you i feel like a lot of people are like where do you even begin that was me when i first started it's like where do i even begin to find information that's you know potentially accurate or will help me understand this and there's just so much support through and most people don't even have the time luckily i make porn so i have time <laughs> i don't even have as much time as i wish i did for it see i get all my information from porn so yeah exactly there you go perfect <laughs> Just doing research. <laughs> speaking of um, speaking of porn, <laughs> we talk about that here sometimes. Um, are you still working like production side of stuff, or are you kind of like out of? No, because we haven't like talked in so long. We haven't talked since Friendsgiving. <laughs> I think, like. Yeah. Um, no, I, I still occasionally get contacted about you know a prop needing to get made because they mm-hmm. need like someone to three D print something or mm-hmm. random printing their buttholes. Yeah, <laughs> random things here and there, but no, nah, it's uh, be- beyond my job now. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, now I just do the NFT XR related stuff. Yeah. Have you kind of liked that transition away from kind of just doing like the set stuff or do you kind of miss it in some ways or is it nice to kind of like find your groove in something that you're more actually like passionate about and stuff like that? Um, hmm. Short answer. I definitely liked that other job more. <laughs> It was just way it's more fun. way more fun, and it was different every single day, and it was just like everyone was working as a team to get something done. Like, you were basically making a full-length movie every single day. Yeah. So no day was ever the same as the other, and sometimes, like, granted, yes, it's a great job. Not at all talking shit, especially if my bosses are listening. Don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to this. But no, it's a... Cut this out, David. Just kidding. It's been a... It's just like sometimes super boring and I have to like wait for other people to get stuff done. And sometimes it's like days or weeks and stuff of just like, like hurry up and wait. And then there's like, you know, it's a publicly traded company. So there's so many like approvals that need to happen and stuff like that. So it's just like, it's completely different kind of beast. Although I have insurance, so that's great. Don't have have to, you know, deal with all that. And, um... No, the, the, there's definitely some, like, really good stuff. Like, I'm working on, like, cutting-edge technology and shit. But yeah, for sure. Granted, I could just be looking at buttholes and stuff. And <laughs> it could be, but in this scope, you can look at my butthole as I give you photos with mints on it, and then you can make money off of that, which is cool. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We're minting my butthole! <laughs> I think that's actually, I don't know, I... I think that there's, it's one of the cool things too, is that you can, 
even if something like this never happened, for instance, even just the talking process of I'm going to go mint my butthole. Like, I think that there's so much fun to be had with, you know, the whole crypto, with the whole online universe. And that's that's where I've lived. That's where I've grown up is the Internet. And even though I don't understand it all, I think it's like this new, exciting landscape to kind of traverse and figure out. And it makes me feel like I at least want to learn something new because it is so new and it's it is so interesting. I wish that uh, I wish that more people could uh, kind of approach it with an open mind um, and and as I said, <laughs> do some of the research and kind of like start figuring out, you know, don't just say that you, you know, don't like crypto or you think it's stupid because that's what, you know, banks or, or the media or something like that tell you. Because it's like they don't even fully understand it. And yet they're also buying crypto. They're also they making so. those investments while telling you that it's not good for you. So it's like, hmm. And at the same time, you have the iconic Staples Center turning into crypto.com mm -hmm. thing and like some mm -hmm. other ones. I don't I don't remember the but it's like. It's obviously a big industry that is here to stay for, at least for a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, so dismissing it as stupid is possibly stupid. Might have to dismiss that concept as stupid. <laughs> yeah. Also, not financial advice. Not financial advice, but it's one of those things that it's like, if it's here and, it's, and it has become as prominent as it has, I think everyone owes it to themselves to kind of not just shut your eyes to it because it's like potentially then you could be missing out. You know, I'm, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, go sell your house and, and buy an NFT because that's fucking retarded. Don't do that. But <laughs> it's kind of one of the things that it's like, well, if you close yourself off to it completely, you know, or just like, for instance, people who maybe don't invest in like a, a 401k or like, you know, they're like, oh, I don't want to stock market volatile. It's like, well, everything changes and everything goes in different waves. And if you don't have your foot in the door a little bit here and there, you have the potential to basically miss out on a lot in the future, I think. Yeah, I don't know what isn't volatile. It's like yeah, life and relationships life is volatile, and man. <laughs> fucking gold and the US dollar, or maybe like tungsten or something. <laughs> Invest in tungsten. Yeah. <laughs> Not financial advice. Yeah, yeah, don't. I don't. I don't know anything about the price of tungsten. I'm just, <laughs> just joking. No, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where I see it. Where I see it all going, or kind of. I don't know. Like, but, but even as far as like having something like a crypto.com card that you know you fund with USD funds, and then you end up using it, and you just earn minute amounts of like CRO, like crypto as you go. And even that kind of thing is, you know, fascinating. And when you look at it, it's kind of not much different. I mean, different in a bit, but think about when you use like a credit card or something and you rack up enough points and you get money back, you can either use it to pay off part of your statement or you can just take cash out, you know, basically. And it's like, it's similar to that in some ways. And I think it's just a, a totally different way of doing it. And I think that it's, I don't know, I find it very interesting. Yeah. And it, the, like the, the only difference I see is the fact that it's like not based on the a bank like you know doing stuff that I can't even explain. I'm not going to try to. I have a an NFT monkey brain, um, but it's like at least in this case you can see who, or at least the number of who's doing what with your money instead of it just being like credit and the bank does it and they just do the magic and it comes back out as mm -hmm. money kind of thing yeah you can like know exactly kind of where it's all going and where it's all held and you're the only person that can basically touch it then it's like i think i, I made this this correlation as well well it's like kind of all money in in a way is kind of a bit intangible it's like how often do you use cash you're basically using a card that takes 
digital money and transfers digital money to someone else. At the end of the day, what's the difference? Because you want to go pull 10 or 20 grand out of your bank. They're going to make you fill out all these forms. They might not even have it. They probably don't have it available to just (laughs) fucking give you. And this is coming from someone also who has closed a Chase account before and wanted to pull out all of my money. They were not very happy about it. And it took time. But it's something that, you know, it's like everything is kind of digital in one way or another. It's like the amount of people that shop on Amazon. You're not paying for your Amazon stuff with cash. You're paying with it with digital currency in in one way or another. It's not cryptocurrency, but it is digital. And it's not really something's tangible as well. So, I mean, you know, there are overlaps. There's differences as well. But I think, you know, it's it's... I don't really find it to be that much different than using something that's like, oh, here's this digital money that I see represented online in a bank account, and then I use my card, and it comes out. <laughs> like, I don't really find there to be much of a much of a difference as far as that goes. But I think with using things like crypto and blockchains, I think that that is actually a lot more of a secure way to kind of use digital money as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and there's a whole lot of intricacies that we could maybe get into but uh, yeah i don't know about that but uh yeah it's it, it's like the the only upside i would say that i can see to using you know what they what they refer to as fiat money now um would be like say if someone steals your bank card and steals all your money you can get it back from the bank mm-hmm. whereas if you accidentally fall for some kind of scam and send someone yeah. all your crypto you're just yeah good luck that's true <laughs> as well and i think um i think something that's cool about that it, it is nice to have you know the money insured and stuff like that i know there was that thing that happened with a uh, crypto.com that they had that hack and i if i'm not mistaken they did they did reissue funds to to people and they ate it as well did they not or, or i have did no I... I have no idea oh you're, well you're probably right i just don't know i'm not a financial advisor and i don't know what i'm talking about but if you want to look it up just look it up maybe you'll know better than i do but yeah. <laughs> but and, i'm sorry Continue. oh i was just gonna say especially with like them getting hacked like they it should definitely be on them yeah if you fall for some stupid scam which has happened to me once. Yeah. I fell for a very stupid trick and realized it right when it happened and had, you know, sent money to probably Russia, I'm guessing. <laughs> and it... Uh, God damn it, yeah. Daniel. With everything going on right now. <laughs> this was like <laughs> a year and a half ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no. Definitely not sending them money now. Um, it was not intentional the first time. He was bamboozled. <laughs> no. Um, it, yeah, it, but then, like, for, like, reference, I have a friend that was, uh, you know, back in, I can't, it was, like, early 2000s, I, I don't remember the year, maybe, like, 2010 or something, when the whole, like, Mount Gox thing happened, um, which was, like, a Bitcoin storing website type place thingy. They got hacked, and all of it got stolen, and oh. I, I have a friend that lost, like, would amounted to several hundred thousand dollars at that point and it just like they just ruined a bunch of people's lives by having their shit insecure and mm-hmm. there was nothing that could be done about yeah. it it was like people lost millions <clears throat> of dollars and it was just like well but, and it's one of those things that i feel awful when things like that happen but then i also look and i i compare it to things like for instance um i don't know 
maybe not a good correlation to make, but I look at people like who get catfished and I, I have just the reference of people who have told me how much money that they have sent to people that they think that is me and it's not me. And I'm like, damn, I could use that. <laughs> but I'm like, but they're not getting that money back because it's like, I mean, that's gone and, and it's gone. <laughs> like, and, and I think that it kind of, it, and it behooves everyone to, did I just say behooves? Anyway, it behooves everyone, that's probably not even a word, to basically, you know, vet <laughs> where you're sending your money and and really look into, you know, the platforms that you're storing your money and all of that kind of stuff because is it that whole the fool and his money are easily parted and, and it comes down to, you know, that whole wanting to get rich quick or wanting to be married to me and it only costs you $40,000 apparently. <laughs> like, like it's, you know, think, like think a little bit. It's, it, I, th I said it was Shelby and I say all the time, think a bit before you do a lot. Like, you know, you, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your retirement and your money and your house and all of your assets to just be very careful with where you're sending your money anywhere online, whether it's crypto or whether it's PayPal or, or any of that stuff, you know, that, Everybody is learning more and more about um, the digital landscape, whether it is cryptocurrency or the internet or any of this stuff. And, you know, you can you can look and, and hope that a majority of people are just kind-hearted, genuine people, but there's a lot of us in this world and a lot of them suck. Like, and a lot of them are just in that same mentality of how can I get rich quick off of your money, you know? Yeah, and plus, plus a lot of people are, there's a lot of... Not not blaming poor people for stealing stuff. Hmm. There's a lot of poor people in this country or in this world, and online is a very easy way for them not to go like actually physically rob someone and stuff like that. And it's you just find some some gullible idiot like me and or a guy that <laughs> wants to get married to you for forty thousand dollars or something. Such a bargain! It's, it's <laughs> just like I'm cheap, man. <laughs> plus, then you have access. This is definitely not financial or legal advice. This is no do advice. not do this. This, this is, is just us talking and you're fucking listening. So <laughs> shut up and listen. Don't take any attention. This do. is advice. It's a, it, so it's like you go from like physical crime to like digital stuff where it's like they just have access to the entire world at that point. So mm -hmm. it's like you just throw darts and mm -hmm. eventually you, you're going to. you watched uh, The Tindler Swindler? The Tindler? The Tinder Swindler? The Tindler Swindler. The Tinder Swindler. Have I that? have not. You I've should. heard stuff about it. Oh, man. You want to talk about some scams? <laughs> some fun stuff right there. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, no spoilers. I really recommend you check it out on Netflix. They don't sponsor us, but it's a good show or, you know, docu-series thing. It's very interesting. But basically, this guy um, scammed a bunch of women, which is kind of the converse because you typically hear about, you know, the, the alternate where, you know, obviously that's what I hear about all the time is a guy using my photos to scam other men. Like, but then you have a guy who's, you know, is a bit charismatic and he uses money basically from other women that he scammed to continue scamming other women. It's this whole like cycle of craziness. And you look at something like that, that's basically just done through WhatsApp and the internet and a few meetings here and there. And it's like, before you know it, these women are handing over hundreds of thousands of dollars and pretty much nothing happened to him for the most part like he's Man. banned from dating apps i think but who like hey. making make a new account use somebody else's photos and you're good to go it's crazy i don't know i i wow i don't think that i've i've i 
I'm trying to think if I've ever fallen prey to a scam, but I don't I don't think so. I don't know, but I've also I've also kind of been in a in a position for a long period of time, especially during my earning years of making money where I wasn't really because I wanted to buy crypto actually back, you know, years ago. And it was kind of like, oh, I don't think we should. I also didn't have and this is why I talk about things like the stock market and 401ks. Like I didn't have a retirement account until like two years ago, basically during my divorce, because my ex was all, oh, the stock market's too volatile. All the money's going to go away. I'm like, but where's all our money? He's like, I spent it. <laughs> and it went away. Yeah. <laughs> and it went away. It was perfect. It's like, you know, but um, wasn't really in a, in a place where maybe even if I could have potentially been scammed, I wasn't going to, you know, spend money to do it because you had to go run it by someone else who's even, you know, crazier about money than I am in a way but um I know that you know a lot of people are are in that position I I'm I know people in my family as well who they just want they want the success and they want the wealth and they want the money now and but with the unfortunate thing uh about I feel like money and wealth and even as far as just keeping it like it could be easy like something to to get quickly especially if you're someone like a scammer but I feel like that mindset of basically, you know, wanting all the money, it, it boils down to greed. And I think that greed is kind of an emotion that manipulates your decision making process in a very negative way. And it kind of and, and you have like, maybe one bit where you you do make good money on it. it's like gambling, you know, you get that, oh, I'm not making anything. And then as soon as you get that win, you're like, I can do more. I can do more. I can get more. And you end up losing it all. You, you got to be very pragmatic with decisions like that that are going to affect the rest of your life and all the all the money or, or earnings or whatever wealth it is that you have. You have to protect it. And I think that that's, you know, very difficult to do. And then especially you have something like a pandemic where people are are out of work. They're not making as much money. Maybe they're making no money and people get desperate and they want to look to somebody else to basically be like, here's how you can get it all back in times 10, you know, because, you know, that's, that's the easy way. But at the end of the day, nothing worth doing is, is easy, I don't think. And that's why even with things like crypto, it's not easy to, to invest in it properly and to have it be something that could be long-term wealth for you because you're not looking at the long-term. Even a lot of people that I talk to now are looking at the short-term of how much they can make off of crypto. And they're like, well, what do you do? And what do you buy? I'm like, I haven't sold any of my crypto I've bought when it dips and I hold it. That's all I do because I look at it as something that's like, well, I don't need, you know, I don't, don't, everybody needs money now, but you only invest what you can part with. And then you look at that as something way down the road that you're like, I want to go on a vacation or pull it out or, or I want, you know, to make all these payments on my house. You put it out that way. But I feel like the, and none of the none of the get rich quick schemes ever work because they're schemes. <laughs> like there's not a way to just instantly have money unless I don't know. You're the Tindler swindler. I keep saying Tindler. I cannot say just Tinder swindler. <laughs> Tindler. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not even gonna try to say that. So. <laughs> Tindler. <laughs> I think I've just heard it so many times that now <laughs> just it's going to come out Tindler. that way. All right, so check out the Tindler Swindler on Netflix. Oh, my God. Uh, so as far as projects coming up with with working with things, like like what are you excited for besides maybe just like the, the lightsaber stuff? Like what kind of what kind of stuff do you work with typically on a daily basis, kind of doing the work that you do that, I don't know, maybe you're excited about or you want to let 
people know about who may not have the knowledge? Um, I mean, I sort of explained like the, the couple major projects without getting into too many details because a lot of it's still like, you know, under wraps. The Crypto Savers thing is already announced, so it's okay for me to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on another project that's not work related. It's like just side project with a it's like a since we last spoke I became like part of a group on Twitter that's a like based around AI artwork and stuff. Okay. And uh the main got there's two two main people that are like the the co-hosts of it and one of them is this guy Jeremy who did like the visual effects for Primitiva, the movie mm-hmm. I made back in like 2017. And he's the one who got me into, like, AI artwork and stuff. And then the other guy, Kevin Page, he uh, is, he, he like, plays a, a dude in RoboCop, gets killed by fucking Ed 209 and stuff, which is perfect that I just ended up running into that guy, of all, <laughs> all people. And he works and does AI artwork. So we're working on a project that is, like, like a showcasing a bunch of AI artists and making like a film mm-hmm. and also like putting together like an AI film festival. Okay. So it's like things that are all just made. So, cause I'm not sure either. what kind of like is AI artwork. Cause I've seen you post some things that's at like the moving like representations. So, so how does that kind of like work with, with AI, like you just kind of set parameters and it and it creates something, or yeah. So so there's a whole bunch of different ways that this stuff can work. So I'll try to just give like the baseline, like high level explanation because each each one each like neural network that I would that could be used goes into like extreme layers of complexity and stuff. But basically, uh, the most common thing right now because there's like some apps that like you can just download or like buy or whatever that like help the the layperson do AI artwork and stuff. And it's like mm-hmm. super easy and you just like type words in and it generates something. But mm-hmm. if you want to get like really nitty gritty, sort of like, you know, painting or something like you can buy crappy like Crayola stuff from the art store or you can get like if you're like really serious about it, you can get like super the premium Su- yeah super high tech tools or whatever and in this case like most of it works off of uh, a couple different layers of ai one of them is like contextual language to image processing which is like it uses like a whole collection of images that are labeled with words and then so you type in a prompt and it you know like butthole with mint on it or something <laughs> and don't steal my ideas and then it will create an image oh, and then you can also say like the style of whatever artist by picasso or with that would be a with, fun looking that would be a fun looking picasso <laughs> with, with stars floating around it. like you can just go into like as much detail, detail with yeah. the prompt as you want and then it takes you know what that AI knows about those words, their connections to like actual images and stuff and creates images from that. Mm-hmm. And then you can also do like animations and stuff, which is more like the stuff that I do mm-hmm. to where like you can make it navigate using a bunch of crazy, sometimes pretty crazy complicated math. And uh, the most recent one that I've been using, it's uh, using like 
I, I can't think of the word right now, but it's basically using audio to control this thing called Disco Diffusion. And it pretty much works the exact same way I just described, but the mute, so you like input your images that you want it to be based on, and then music, and it takes like highs and lows from the waveform and like animates it based on the waveform. So it's like oh, generates cool. a music bit video based specifically on the music. You know? Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. AI is so, is so fascinating. You had recommended me that book. I still haven't fully finished it, but I got through, I got to that, the, the story about, um, got the one about the deep fakes. I got the one about the twins who were separated and then had to use like the different AI companions and stuff like that. And even just, even just the the base building of AI, I find those chapters so interesting, and I like the the explanations afterwards and things like that because it makes it makes something that's a really cool story something like oh this is something that will probably potentially happen or could potentially happen in the future, and I think it was interesting how um, the explanations afterwards kind of showed like oh here's the pros and cons of what this you know story scenario was just given, and just all the different processes that go through into into google when you have to you had to train it initially to find what a cat was you know it's so interesting and it comes back to that whole math is the universal language because you're basically now with something like ai artwork using math and numbers to create something that typically you know maybe i would you know paint or something like that that has nothing to do with math in your own brain but then the the ai computer brain is like here's all these numbers and now i'm going to create something that's visually impressive and just beautiful out of that which is so cool I find that fascinating yeah and it, it can also apply to because the, the music that i've been using and the one that i just mentioned the music itself was also generated by ai and it's mm -hmm. based on basically the same process and stuff like that just with audio and like waveforms and shit instead of images yeah that's super cool i think that i'm excited to see where all this stuff goes and then but you also start looking at <laughs> kind of like how we're talking about with all the people in the world, all the scams that exist. And then you look at things like deep fakes and you're like, oh, that's a scary one to go down. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> especially when you have a situation right now with like, you know, the world being in the state that it is, you know, not only just the pandemic, but now there's, you know, the war situation happening. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even when you look at how fast technology progresses and how little people know about it, you can definitely see situations like that as a, not only a potential, but a probability in the future for, you know, well, did this person say this or, or was it fake? And, you know, how many, how many different people and programs are processing to make sure that this is something that's legitimate. And it's, it's a scary thing for sure. But I think that there's definitely like a lot of potential for that to be something that's helpful in the future. But man, I don't trust people. <laughs> So that's kind of, you know, that think I don't think the fear necessarily comes from uh, the AI or any of that stuff itself, like the actual, you know, product or any of that. It comes from the fear of the people using it, because at the end of the day, a computer program is just a computer program. It is just it's the numbers. It's numbers. That's it. It doesn't that doesn't take into account for all the shit that's up here in people. And God. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> The tools are agnostic, and it's not like it's not like saying, "Oh, like a nuclear weapon's not a problem until it's in the wrong hands." That's one of those things that's made to be specifically a problem. Yeah. 
AI is it's just not a made thing. to be a problem. It's that people can use it to make it a problem, and that's yeah. and that's the terrifying thing. And I think that's where a lot of people's fear comes from, even with things like cryptocurrency. Well, it's like, well, yes, this is laid out, and this is this, but then you hear about people getting scammed off of it, and it's like, oh, those people exist. It's like, well, they do, but I think that kind of exists anywhere, and then it once again kind of falls back on you, the individual, to kind of assess all the different information and then make your educated or at least somewhat educated kind of opinion or how you feel about it based on that which you know i think it comes down to a lot of the other thing is time like people don't have the time to sit down and necessarily look at everything that's why half the time you have conversations with people and it feels like they're just ending up parroting what they hear you know from the the tv or you know from you know some one specific youtube channel or or whatever it is because it's like that's all they have time for and so then you kind of end up taking what these people say at face value and you're like this is what this is and it's like but it doesn't necessarily there's all these different contrary opinions and ideas and i just i don't know i wish people had more time <laughs> to yeah. to really to really look into it but i don't know at the end of the day like i think one thing that i find interesting about crypto is it seems that a lot of the people who are in it and I mean that as far as like, you know, reading forums or watching the educational videos about it, it doesn't seem to me to be, you know, more about just creating that that upper wealth echelon for for the specific people who already have that money. It's it's not even about capping that. It's about kind of like raising up the baseline for wealth, if that makes sense. Like it's not necessarily about putting a cap on wealth. It's about raising the bottom the bottom standard for what wealth should be. And I feel like kind of in, in society in a lot of ways, and maybe I can, maybe I'm privileged in this opinion because I'm kind of outside of the scope of working for a corporation or, you know, working a normal job. Like, where would I work now? What's this 10 year, <laughs> what's this 10 year gap in your work history? Well, I was filling my gap. Thank you. <laughs> like, it's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but I feel like, you know, uh, and and as someone who has worked in the corporate world and held many jobs before the one I have now, and you look at how people are raised and indoctrined into school, and it's kind of like there's this whole process of being taught to do what you're told. There's this whole process of being taught to be a drone and being taught to take direction. And, and there's not as much emphasis put on basically having that free thinking aspect to kind of create something for yourself or to create something for other people or to follow something that you're passionate about. You know, I feel like a lot of passion gets taken out of things and they're like, well, that's, that's your hobby. That's something you have as a hobby, but you, you have to clock in at nine to five. You have to have your hour to an hour from commute and then you get to go to bed and then you get to wake up and do it all over again. Cause that is your lot in life and, you know, live for the weekends. Cause that's the only free time you have. And you're going to fuck yourself. I probably, you're going to get fucking wasted. And you're going to go back and hate yourself the whole rest of the week. Like, and I know that's not everyone. And I know that's like not every situation, but I think that just having the ability to, you know, kind of look at the internet as a whole and you look at things like, you know, people selling, whether it's NFTs or whether they're selling jewelry on Etsy, they're all, there are all so many different options for people to kind of create wealth or even to create passive income on the side from the jobs that they have. But I think that if we had the ability to kind of, you know, not necessarily cap the top and just raise the bottom, then the quality of life for people in general wouldn't, would improve. You wouldn't have to necessarily be beholden to some company that doesn't give a fuck about you. Honestly, you wouldn't have to work for the big conglomerate of Amazon, you know, that I think that there's, and those positions will always be filled. But I think that, 
even with something like cryptocurrency, if more people were able to get into it and kind of raise their own bottom line, then they would demand more from maybe the respective jobs that they do have because they'd have the ability to do so. I think it's easy now to kind of just let a company or corporation determine what your worth or your value is and enough, uh, not enough people attribute their own value to themselves because that's not something that you're taught to do. You're taught to be like, this is your lot in life and this is what you do, you know? Yeah. Plus, like, you know, raising the bottom could, like, potentially de-incentivize a lot of people that would, like, turn into scammers and stuff like that. So it's like a... Because if the whole bottom is raised, it's like, well, I don't have to necessarily scam this person because I'm... I have the ability to basically live, you know what I mean? And I think that's something that's interesting, especially in countries where the they have had more crypto adoption because, you know, their own fiat currency is has no value, essentially. Or even I've heard of people, you know, they're sending money to people in Ukraine that is cryptocurrency because they're having all that situation there right now that I'm not even going to speak to because I'm retarded. But I think that... It is, I think that is what it boils down to most is really raising the bottom more so than capping the top because I think that anyone should have the potential to earn as much money as, as they can or want to. And then at the end of the day, it is up to you what you choose to do with it. But I think that if everyone had the ability to have more of the, the base level is higher, then I don't think that you would necessarily even have as much... <sighs> hate and coveting and the greed between I mean that's always going to exist because that's humanity and that's how essentially we are but I think that people if, if your own quality of life is improved compared to what it was you know and you see that there is the potential to continue to improve that quality of life you don't necessarily have to you know just look at someone and be like you know fucking look what they have I want that. You know, I think the healthy level of greed is good, but that's only from a matter of like, oh, I want what they have. I'm going to try to do that because I know that there are ways that maybe I can't have all of that, but I can get to what I what I need to to feel basically satisfied, or 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 at least like content. Yeah, and also sense. not trying to take what they have. Exactly. Just get it yourself. Get it yourself. Like you don't have to take what other people have. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about about the scope of that? Like, how do you how do you feel? I guess about about the whole earning money because I, I get a lot of people who say like, oh, nobody should be a billionaire. Nobody should have, you know, this amount of money. Or like, how how do you feel about that? Do you think that that's accurate, or do you really, or do you kind of feel the same way as I do? That kind of like raising the bottom is more necessary than kind of capping the top. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, hmm. That's, uh, I don't really know. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like there isn't necessarily anything wrong with having a billion dollars because, you know. Wouldn't we all like a billion dollars? <laughs> the funny thing is, when, when okay, so when someone says that, right, oh, nobody should be a billionaire. And then my, my question to them is like, well, what if you were a billionaire? Would you feel the same way? Like if you had a billion dollars, would you be like, no, I, I shouldn't have this. I'm just going to throw it away <laughs> like it's not or, or I don't I don't need this. And I think that for me personally, like I have, you know, I, I do decently and I find that the the more money that I, I do make potentially, then the more I'm also able to basically give work to people that I think need it or, you know, I'm able to 
hire an editor to edit something like this that doesn't make any money or I'm able to to pay that makeup artist, you know, the the better rate or I'm able to basically, you know, distribute my own wealth to people who are able to to utilize it and to appreciate it like and I find that for me um when I'm not looking at myself in comparison to other people like and I could cuz there are plenty of girls who are in the industry that I am I know they make more money than me but i'm not like oh why do you make so much more i'm like dude good for you i don't put stuff in my butt you deserve this <laughs> like, I can't, like like and i think that that's fantastic but when i look more as kind of like me versus me then i don't really have i don't really have that jealousy factor i i more have like an idea in my head that you know i i don't necessarily think that, you know, just because I do the job that I do, that I deserve necessarily the amount of money I can make on a monthly basis. And I, I really don't because I'm like, in, in some ways I do because I'm like, obviously, I'm selling my privacy. I'm selling, you can see all of it, you know what I mean? But it's like, when when I look at it like that, and it's like, well, no, I don't necessarily deserve this, then I'm more in a position where I'm like, I want to share what I have with the people that don't have it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and for further reference, um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but uh, Vitalik Buterin, the guy that created Ethereum, he uh, was given, I can't remember the amount, I swear, it's like, you can correct me in the comments if you want or something. <laughs> Comment below. <laughs> um, he was given a bunch of Shiba Inu, and I think maybe Dogecoin, and I don't, like, that's where I'm like, yeah, it's, it was definitely Shiba and it ended up amounting to like $7 billion or it was more than that. And he ended up burning what was a, essentially $7 billion, like just completely erasing it from from the blockchain. And then he donated several billion dollars to like, it was like India's COVID fund at the time where, because it was, you know, midway through all that stuff happening. And like, this guy get, just completely destroyed several billion, donated several other billion, and he still got like, I don't know, seven to 15 billion or, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's no, no way in hell that he would ever just not have billions of dollars at that yeah. point. So, but then there, like when you get to a point of like certain people like, uh, you know, uh, Meta and stuff where Mark Zuckerberg having like, several hundred million or billion or like i it's a little ridiculous at that point yeah because there's there's you know kids starving in the street you know you can maybe write a neil young song about this but like it's just like yeah so granted yeah saying people need to be protected doesn't necessarily mean that like this guy shouldn't have that but mm -hmm. like I don't know exactly where the, the line would be drawn. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the difficult things. It's like you can say all this stuff. It's like, but what's the solution? And it's like, I think if there was a solution, it would be implemented at this point. Steve Miller already told us the solution is to fly like an eagle. <laughs> it's perfectly outlined in the song. It's perfect. No, I, I, I agree. It's kind of like, and I, and I think it comes back to that difference as well, which I've said that I've noticed in something like the the crypto community and the people that are basically the developers for things and, and creating these things and creating these opportunities for people and for countries. It seems to me that that is more of their um, 
their mentality is it's it, they don't really look at the top more it, it seems to me that they do more look at at the bottom line and see what what can we do to kind of raise this for society and people and civilization as a whole rather you know and and even when you're having these billions of dollars oh i don't need that i'm gonna burn it i'm gonna donate this for for this for for what reason it's like i mean i know that there's you know reasons behind everything but it seems to me that it's a lot more i want to say that like i don't know if charitable is the correct word and i'm i'm blanking because i wanted to, to bring up this guy um He's a, a crypto guy that was on. A, have you heard of Sam Harris? Are you familiar? I am. Yeah, he was on. He was on a, a podcast episode with Sam, and he was talking about how basically he he's this really really intelligent kid, and I'm blanking on the name. I'm so sorry. Maybe I'll send it to you, Dave, and you can put it there. But um, he was basically talking about how he wanted to to do the most good in the world, right? And he went to college. He's going through all these things. He went to um, I think it was. Some some animal don't don't quote me on this, but I think it was like some animal charity, and he was basically like, "What do you? What is more valued valuable to you, my time or my money?" And they were like, "Your money." So he was like, "Okay, well, how can I make as much money as I can to basically support all these charities and all these things that that I want to help support? Because apparently my time is valuable, but money is. So how can I make the most amount of money?" So he started making crypto investments and doing all these things and doing the research and you know creating things and basically wants to Bill Gates it a little bit and give away all the money like he then that is what his goal is and it's ultra is altruistic the correct word okay <laughs> look at me big words <laughs> but uh, so and I find that very interesting and that seems to be you know a, I wouldn't say the overall consensus but the the general the general feeling um that I get from most people that I that I watch uh, give information about crypto or talk on it who have kind of any investment in it themselves is that a lot of them are very charitable people who kind of can look at um, society and fiat and the way that things are run and be like, I think that there's a potential way to do this better and that can benefit everyone and not just the super you know, wealthy and not even necessarily just the super poor. It's kind of like everyone as a whole should come together to try to raise everyone up, which I find really cool and inspiring. It's one of the reasons that I'm into crypto. So, Yeah. And uh, to, on, on the charitable crypto billionaire kind of thing, like... I did not say, fart. I just moved. I swear to God. Say if billionaires weren't a thing, then you wouldn't have one individual donating billions of dollars to something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, not everybody, there's always, it's kind of a funny thing. Like you can say all these things, but there's always going to be greedy people. There's always going to be people who want to watch the world burn. There's people who are going to want to manipulate, you know, viruses in a way that could potentially kill the entire world. Those people exist and it's fucked up, but you're not in the only person that you can control is yourself at the end of the day. So you can align yourself with people who, who maybe do have, you know, those good ideas. Um, but you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to cut out all the shitty people from the world. It's just not gonna happen. But it, you know, just because someone has money or has wealth doesn't mean that they're a shitty person either. <laughs> you know, they can be wanting to do things with that wealth to benefit other people and maybe themselves too. But you know, you you still have to take care of yourself, and you can still have your own goals and dreams, and still want to basically help other people with the the blessings essentially that you've been given. Speaking of, um, I when I leave here, I'm gonna go see that new Batman movie. Oh, so so maybe, I don't know if he's doing good things with his billions of dollars yet, or if he's just beating the shit out of street criminals. But uh... <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to let me know because man, 
Robert Pattinson, huh? As Batman. <laughs> yes. Let's see how that goes. Like, I don't know. I can't see it. Okay, because so first I, I saw Robert Pattinson as fucking Cedric and he died. And it was very tragic and I cried. And then he was a vampire and I was like, this is fucking weird. And now he's Batman. I just He's just doing it all. Yep. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. Mm. I saw this weird uh, David, Cro- David Cronenberg movie with him in it called... Uh... Cosmopolis. Cosmopolis and he plays like a billionaire that just lives in his car like just constantly driving around there's like protests going on everywhere so he's like living in this fucking limo and regularly gets like prostate exams in his car and then that's basically what? all I remember about the movie I was like <laughs> what the hell am I watching like David Cronenberg I'm writing this down Cosmopolis David Cronenberg is a great filmmaker. That he's the dude that did like The Thing and uh, or no, that, that, that's John Carpenter. Um, he did uh, The Fly and like some oh, other okay. Naked Lunch and stuff like that. Okay, that's. But this one was like I'm in a limo. Weird. I'm a billionaire getting prostate exams. I need to see what this is about. I'm gonna smoke some smoke a fat and just sit down and be like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's my. That was, you know, me seeing, I saw him start out as a vampire, that happened, and now I'm going to see him as Batman. As Batman. <laughs> I don't know. It's, who do you think, who do you think the best Batman has been in, in your, in your opinion? And please don't say George Clooney, or I don't know if we can God be friends anymore with bat nipples. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> bat well, nipples. I like those movies the best. I like just the movies. They're so campy and fun, but like. Ultra ridiculous. <laughs> um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. Chill. <laughs> so dumb. Love it. Um, let me Speaking think. of though, we need a new poison ivy because, oh, like, yeah. it's always hey, Catwoman, tall redhead woman who can't act. <laughs> Actually, poison ivy is uh, one of the fan favorite cosplays. Let me tell you. But I'm sorry. Back to your favorite Batman, the best. Um, in you know, Adam West is funny just because it's just absurd Batman. But I don't know. I'd, I'd probably say Michael Keaton, just because maybe it's just nostalgic <laughs> reasons <laughs> or something. Michael but oh, Michael Keaton! Oh, is it uh, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. Oh, fuck. She's so hot. She's still so hot. I know. It makes no sense. I'm like, like wait, age <laughs> already? God damn it! <laughs> you were hot back then. Somehow it's been thirty something years. And... I don't know. I think it's all those like baby blood fa- facials that they're doing up there. Those trillies, <laughs> something crazy. <laughs> all right. Well, you want to um, tell people where they can find you? I think we've been gone like. Um. Uh, shit. I don't know. I don't know. What's the best place? Just Instagram dot com slash Daniel J Trujillo, and same with Twitter at Daniel J Trujillo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll find me on this podcast. And, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. stay tuned because we're going to have some minty fresh buttholes coming to you guys for some NFTs. So, <laughs> not fungible titties. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any words to leave with anyone as far as anything we've discussed? Anything you want to let them chew on? Uh, hmm. No, I, I guess I didn't think about that. Um, if you become a billionaire, maybe maybe try helping poor people instead of just beating the shit out of them like Batman does. Oh, and yeah. I said that as a huge Batman fan. As a huge fan. Yes, yeah, so just don't beat the shit out of people just because you have money. 
All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Share with a friend. If you guys uh, have any comments on this episode or any others, you can email twndpodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at anchor.fm slash twnd. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>